1: Ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Linda Coy. We're going to talk about a hot button tonight. Um, We're going to talk about beliefs, and beliefs are something we don't generally talk about over the dinner table. When I was little, my mom would say religion, politics, you know, beliefs. These things are better left uh, away from the dinner table, but since we have our party of five today, and we're going to pull up a glass of wine or a Diet Coke or a glass of water, and we're going to talk about these things as they relate to women We're gonna lift that ban and we're gonna use our discussions today For opinions to start conversations, not squash them. And one of the cool things that happens with this group of women that I absolutely admire and adore, and they're very, very important to me, is the respect of everybody's opinions that come through here. And so when you're out in public and you're out at parties or whatever, and you want to talk about these things, there are certain ways to handle these topics. I want you to listen to the women today, because I do, and I learn so much about how to engage people and have differences of opinions and as women we always look at for commonalities to say oh can I get along with this woman what I find is sometimes people with the diametrically opposed beliefs are the ones that I learn the most from so I'm going to throw that out there and I'm going to ask um, our roundtable today why do we have such a hard time talking with someone who has a different belief than ours when men don't really have that problem? They can just get together and play a pickup baseball game, and, and nobody's the wiser. Why do women have such difficulty with this? Who wants to go first? Linda Franklin.
2: Well, I think you just nailed it, Sandra. You said why men can get together. They can play pool. They can have a baseball game. They can do those things because they're having fun. They're doing they're not thinking, they're just doing. I think women have a habit of thinking too much, and if we overthink everything, then I think that we absolutely get ourselves into major trouble. So if we could just turn off our heads and maybe start to listen to the person that we're, you know, as you say, diametrically opposed to, um, maybe we, it would work out better. Just kind of just, just listen and don't get yourself all, you know, tied up in a knot.
3: Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California.
2: Yeah, I'd like to follow up on
3: that. I think, um, and I think I might get some pushback on this, but I feel that women tend to be very judgmental, and I think that's one of the reasons that a lot of women hold back on sharing some of their intimate thoughts and some of their beliefs because they're afraid they're going to be criticized or pushed back against. I feel
1: that. I can I can validate that right away. I'm afraid to say certain things to certain people because I don't want the judgment, the disapproval, the kind of like, you know, when two girls look at each other with the eyes like, oh gosh, like what she's saying now. Like,
4: that's an awful feeling. Kimberly
1: yeah. Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: You know, I'm going to go along with that and I'm going to say investment level. We I believe, again, societally, have to really stand behind what we believe in and what we feel. And we have this huge investment level. And when guys get together, they're not necessarily emotionally invested in their belief system. Yes, they may be invested in it, but they're willing to not have to stand up and fight for it. Does that make sense?
5: Absolutely. Absolutely. Linda Crater, Washington. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go against the flow here because I actually seek out people who have different opinions because I find that it makes for the most interesting conversations. And because I'm very secure in my belief system and don't mind voicing it, um, I find that people are okay if you actually believe in something and you um, have reasons and things that you talk about that back that up. So your actions and your words match there's no hypocrisy there. And I do agree, though, I think it was Linda Franklin said that women tend to be very judgmental. And I agree with that. But if you're comfortable in yourself and you're not overthinking, which I think we definitely have a tendency to do, we, we, we take the most simple thing and make it complex. Um, but I, I think that you can learn a lot from people who don't speak or believe the same way that you do. I guess I just got over that. A a while back when I thought, no, I'm really intrigued to hear what other people believe and why, because what I sometimes find is that they aren't as secure in their belief system, so they can't express it, which actually leads to a very interesting conversation because they realize that, oh, wait a minute, and and you start to have a nice give and take. So uh, I personally find that giving my opinion and listening to others' opinions works very well. Linda Franklin,
1: New York City.
5: Um, you know, we just because somebody says something
2: that we don't agree with or, or kind of uh, mm-hmm. twists our buttons, that doesn't mean we have to engage in them. Why can't we just listen right. to it and let it go? Why, I mean, we, mm-hmm. we don't have to engage in absolutely everything that's said to us or what's being said in a crowd that doesn't even necessarily, you know, it's important to us, so, you know, we can just let it go. I, I mean, I'm learning that um, uh, that's a really good lesson of just letting things go uh, rather than taking them in internally and, figure, and figuring out I have to have a debate about it.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: You know, and and going back to that diametrically opposed, Mr. Rinaldi and I are married 23 years, and he and I are diametrically opposed on so many (laughs) issues, and he is 180-degree polar opposite to where I come from in so many things. And I think for me, that has been a lesson in taking a stand back, respecting, loving, honoring and even sometimes standing with my arms crossed going, you're never going to pull me over to that side, but God bless you for thinking you're, you're right. Um, again, it is, it is that give and take, and that has been a real tough lesson because there are things that we'll never, you know, it, yeah, it is the agreeing to disagree, but there are things that we're never going to see eye to eye on, and it doesn't devalue him in my world, and I really do strive to
2: hold that.
1: Well, that's important because it goes back to physics. Like me, the egghead nerd on here, I'm like, objects <laughs> cannot occupy the same space. So when you have a husband, wife, boyfriend, and girlfriend, brother, or sister, if we can't op, you know, if we can't, uh, you know, occupy the same space. It's okay for us not to occupy the same beliefs. We can still kind of get along with each other. Um, Deborah Riley, you've got more to add, See me, Valley.
3: Yeah, I wanted to follow up on something that Linda Franklin had said about choosing to maybe stay quiet or choosing not to engage with someone, I I think that's just so brilliant. And I think it's important for people to to take that active role. Um, Agreeing to disagree is wonderful. It can produce excellent, excellent dialogue, but also sometimes it is wise to choose to stay quiet. I've had to stay quiet often with my own beliefs, uh, be it political or religious, and a lot of people I know full-on won't agree with where I'm coming from. And as a debater, I was taught in debate class, there are certain things that you just do not debate, kind of like what your mom said, Sandra. You don't talk politics. You're never going to change their mind. You really don't talk hardcore religion. You're never going to change their mind. And, and so sometimes it is really important to keep, keep quiet
1: linda franklin keeping quiet in your wheelhouse and and <laughs> or not, okay. i say that with a chuckle because i love linda linda always encouraged me to speak up and and she'll even say like well what do you think and it, she's really good um partner for me in some of this stuff and i say that with a giggle and with the utmost respect linda
2: franklin new york city um, I just want to really get into more about what what beliefs are. You know, what are the beliefs? The beliefs they belong to us. Where do they come from? Do they come from our own experience in life? And 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 from my own experience, they keep changing. The beliefs I had ten years ago aren't necessarily the beliefs I had before. So you know, they're kind of erratic, and they keep they keep changing as we change. Um, so you know, people that didn't have the same beliefs as, as, I did maybe 10 years ago, maybe now, you know, I, I'm even closer to those people because I'm just a work in progress and I just keep changing all the time. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't want to get behind anything too strongly because I know that, um, that it, it, it's, it's like a, a cloud. It keeps, my beliefs keep changing.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: And it's so funny because I just watched this movie again recently. It's Dogma. It's a great movie if you get a chance, Ben Affleck and and what's his name. Um, But in any event, there's this line in there and they talk about people are willing to die for their beliefs. They become so ingrained and so invested in them. People, and it's true, religiously, spiritually, politically will die for their beliefs. But if you have a thought, you understand that there is another potential out there. And it's taking that step back and realizing that if you hold on to a thought, you're open to other thoughts. You're open to that growth, that organic um, evolution, if you will. But if you latch on to a belief, they're hard to let go of.
3: Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California. Yes, I absolutely agree, Kimberly. We really do, as a people, tend to hold firmly to what we believe in. And it's almost as though I think a lot of people feel that if I'm willing to listen to you, and if I'm willing to change my beliefs because of what you said, does that mean I'm wrong? And I think a lot of people don't like to do that. They don't like to fear that perhaps they've made a mistake. And it's not the openness as much as it is the fear. To be open to change or to be open to grow is, is a higher level function. And unfortunately, not everybody can do that. Um, but as far as uh, Linda's question earlier about what are beliefs, I think it's not just religion. I think it's also, uh, as you would said, spirituality and then also um, values. And, and yes, those can shift and grow and change. But I think they are inherent to who we are as people.
1: Let's go to Linda Crater in Washington, D.C. before we go to
6: break.
5: And, you know, I agree that it can shift and change, but I believe as I've gotten older, um, the, the things that I consider to be beliefs beyond religion and those sorts of things are, are these three things, integrity, character, and values. And I have to say, I don't believe that those have changed now. I've, I've got great sincerity in what i believe Um, i certainly can be persuaded on an issue that's an opinion but i can't be persuaded on the integrity or the character of something i'm being asked to do or say or be
1: wow that's a tough act to follow i'm just going to sit here stunned going I think we can refine some of these things. We can refine our integrity, refine our character, and refine our values. But I I don't know how fixed they are. And we're going to discuss more of this after the break. This is Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can find us by the .dot .com with the same name. We are visiting today with Linda Crater in Washington, D.C., Linda Franklin, New York City, Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California, Lisa Dietrich, Bend, Oregon, and Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles, California. We'll be back after the break.
5: Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond.
6: Did you know that the average teenager drinks twice as much soda as milk? Since 1983, sugar consumption in the U.S. is up 28%. Why is that? There are several reasons, but one of the most common is soft drinks. 20-ounce beverages have become the norm, and it's not surprising to find that 43% of our sugar comes from drinks. Sugar is blamed for poor nutritional diets. USDA data shows that people whose diets are high in added sugar eat less calcium, fiber, iron, protein, and many other important nutrients. Fat-free foods are also a culprit. Since sugar is fat-free... Many people tend to think it's okay to eat as much as they want. Remember that just because a food is fat-free does not mean that it's calorie-free also. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: The National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute defines high cholesterol as a condition in which you have too much cholesterol in your blood. By itself, the condition usually has no signs or symptoms. People who have high blood cholesterol have a greater chance of getting coronary artery disease. According to the American Heart Association, more than 120 million Americans over the age of 20 have cholesterol counts that are above a healthy level. Harvard Medical School says, that the good news is that cholesterol levels can be controlled and just by lowering your total cholesterol 10%, you can decrease your heart attack risk by 20 to 30%. Making changes in your eating is important, but including daily exercise is a must. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
1: I'd love to have your opinion.
3: Well, uh, one of the things Linda had talked about was character and how our character and our integrity and values are are pretty hardwired, and and those just kind of maybe deepen. I have an interesting example about character and the concept of citizenship. My parents taught my brother and me as children, um, you go to the grocery store, you return the cart. You go to a fast food restaurant, it doesn't matter. You pick up your tray and you throw away your trash and you push in your chair. And and I am now almost 46 years old and I still do that. And I've been able to model that behavior like at Walmart. You see the same people week after week. And I return the cart and they don't. After a few weeks, suddenly they start saying, oh, I think I should return the cart now. But that's part of my character. It's, it's being a good citizen. And I always have and always will do that. And so I completely agree, Linda, that that's kind of hardwired into who you are as an individual.
7: Well, as
1: someone who parks her cart near a tree and walks out, I'm going to go to Lisa
3: Dietrich in
8: Oregon <laughs> and talk a little bit about values i'm with you there deborah there's so much of our wiring is made up of how we were raised and the values that our parents instilled in us and then we can look back at how they were raised and and it kind of goes back through the generations and all of our values need to be based on something somewhat stable otherwise we kind of flounder like you know like we're adrift on the sea and personally for me my values my um spirituality my character is grounded in the bible um, that has withstood the stand the trends of time and gives me and millions of other people a firm foundation to look out on and to base our daily activities and our daily beliefs because they they can change that you know um the um foundations don't change but how we apply those in our lives does change and um so we want to make sure that we have something stable to anchor to. Otherwise, our, our values and our beliefs just kind of waft with the breeze, and, and that's kind of a dangerous place to be as a society.
2: Linda Franklin, New York City. Well, I believe the most powerful belief that we have is the belief we have in ourselves you know, who are we? What are we here for? You know, what are we doing to make, you know, the world a better place? I know that when I was 29 years old, my world shifted big, big time because that was the first time that I realized that I had the power inside of me to make, to do and to make anything happen that I want to. That belief was mind-blowing, and that belief it uh, didn't come from my parents. Um, I, I don't think at, many of my beliefs came from my parents. I mean, you know, my parents were good people, but they didn't teach me. I didn't learn, really learn very much for them. I sort of, I learned by my own experience going out into the world and seeing what worked, what made me feel good and, and, and what didn't. And, and that continues till you know, to today. So, I think, you know, the major belief, the basis of it all is, is knowing, believing who you are, where you came from, what you're here for, and how much power that you really have inside of you to make things happen. I mean, if you believe that, I think the rest is a piece of cake.
1: Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
2: I, if I call myself
4: a recovering Catholic, but I'm lazy. I don't do 12 steps. I do six. Um. I am a Catholic school graduate. I had beliefs and values instilled in me from a very young age. And from a behavioral model, if you look at what true behavior comes from, your thoughts create your beliefs because they get anchored. Your beliefs create your behaviors because they get anchored. Your behaviors create the world around you because they get anchored. Here's the beautiful thing from the behavioral perspective. If you're not happy with that world around you, you get to go back to your thoughts and start over.
1: Ooh, I just needed to pause and think about that one for a second. That's beautifully said. Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. Did we stun Linda Crater into submissions? (laughs) Mic drop. Mic drop, mic drop. Okay, let's go to Linda Franklin. It begins and stops with us.
2: Yeah, I you know, I believe what Kimberly said. It it is. It it begins and stops with us. It's not about anybody else. It's about us. What works for us, what doesn't. And if the thing that you're trying doesn't is not working, then she's right. You can go back and start all over again, just take another look, um look inside. Don't don't look outside for the answers. Look inside for the answers because, you know, that's where the best ones come from.
1: Linda Crater Washington DC I think I'm we're just hear my calling on her. Oh, are you there? Can you hear me? Okay, we're going to go to Lisa Dietrichs in Oregon.
8: Well, you know, there's so many thoughts and things inside of us, but they've all come from somewhere. Our thoughts don't come from a vacuum, and what um, comes out of us can be really good can be not so good. We can have very good intentions and still end up harming those around us if we don't have some understanding of where we're going. And um, you're absolutely right, Linda, that, um, you know, we we definitely need to look inside and, and think about what we need to do. Um, and yet there are some very good influences on the outside as well that we can definitely take a look at, not only influences, but examples that other people have done in the past that worked and did well and there's a lot of other things that we can look at um you know when we look at how we're going to live our life and how we're going to believe and what kind of person we're going to be um there's a lot of things to look for linda crater washington dc
1: oh i think washington hates us today all right we're going to go to deborah riley next
3: All right. Thank you. Yeah. So many of the things you ladies are saying resonate so much with me. Um, And I think what it comes down to for me at night, when I go to bed, I want to make sure that I don't have regrets. I want to make sure that I've done well, that I've treated people kindly with respect. I've made a difference in this world in some way. And that if I did do anything wrong or hurt anybody, that I'm going to make amends the very next day. I think uh, some of you ladies have made reference to how we impact the world around us, uh, be it the natural world, animals, people, the environment, whatever it may be. Every single day, we can make a difference. And it's whether we choose to and how we choose to do it. That, I think, is essential to personal growth and to making a good difference in this world.
5: Sandra, this is Linda. Can you hear me? Yes, Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. Thank goodness. Washington doesn't hate you. I I think it's just an (laughs) intermittent going on. Um, I'm going to take a few steps back because I'm loving the discussion, and I was so sorry not to be able to jump in when you called me. I think that our experiences. Can also influence where we are. I think being brought to my knees too many times made me realize that some things can be compromised and some things cannot. But one thing that I told my children when they were looking for life partners, I, I said to them, you know, behavior flaws can be changed, people can change their behavior, but character flaws. Are really difficult to change. You can try. You can go ahead and do that, and sometimes you'll be successful. Personally, I've never been successful, so I don't go there any longer.
8: Lisa Dietrich, uh, Bend, Oregon. Oh, that was a great point, Linda. Um, Yes, character is something that really is deep inside of us, and I kind of believe that, too. People don't change. They can pretend to be something else, and they can put on a pretty good show, um, I think some narcissists are very good at that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> do you not agree? Um, I
5: definitely agree.
8: Yes. And um, and yet I really believe that God can change anybody. And we need to give people at least that much possibility that maybe, you know, good things are going on in them and that changes can happen. But just for them to change themselves, No. Um, I, I think we can go back and take different paths in our lives. Um, I've seen a lot of people do that, you know, course corrections, whatever you want to call it, like like Linda Franklin was saying earlier, if something doesn't work, we can go back and start over. And yet when we get down to the character, um, what's deep down inside of us, that's a little bit tougher nut to crack.
2: Linda Franklin, New York City. You know, I think um, we're really hard on ourselves, especially women. And, you know, everybody, I don't look at my mistakes now as mistakes i learn i, t- I look at them as experiences and every mm-hmm. every one and every experience that we have has something to teach us so you know you may be up against the, the a person who you say oh my god i you know i can't stand him everything that comes out of his mouth is just garbage and yet that could be a really good lesson for you to look inside and say, why do I feel that way? I don't, and, and if it's a personal relationship, I may not be able to forgive this person, but I don't have to engage it. I can let it go, but I'm looking to see what what this taught me. Maybe this taught me to be a stronger woman. Maybe this taught me to be a kinder woman. Maybe this taught me to be a better mother. Because I think every experience we have is is really a teaching experience.
1: I have to support all of you, and I,
2: I need to say something to you guys.
1: One of the things that happens when we get together with these roundtable discussions is... I feel so supported. I feel so comforted and nurtured and, and, inspired and and just validated I don't think there's many women like us out there in the universe and I know there's lots of them stuck in small towns or stuck in locations where they don't feel valued because one of the things that happens after we do one of these segments or one of these shows is I walk away feeling such worth and I know my self-worth is not tied into what I do but I really do appreciate you guys you know supporting me in my own self-worth because we all need that and it's very very difficult to be powerful dynamic women today Uh, this show is dynamic women talk radio you can find us at the dot com by the same name you can also go to iTunes now when we come back from the break we're going to talk to um, we're going to talk to Debbie Riley in Simi Valley about some of the things that are happening in her world and some of the other ladies on the show today are Linda Franklin in New York City Linda Crater in Washington (laughs) D.C. Have Kimberly Rinaldi in somebody sneezing, bless you. uh, Kimberly Rinaldi in Los Angeles, and Lisa Dietrich in Oregon. We will be back after the break to talk about our belief systems as women and how do we work so that we can work together.
5: We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
7: That no matter how carefully you put the Christmas lights away, they still come out all cringle crangled and jitterty jitterty the next year. Christmas tree lights were invented in 1882 by Thomas Edison, and by 1900, these miniature versions of his electric light bulb were being advertised to the public. In 1895, Grover Cleveland proudly sponsored the first electrically lit Christmas tree in the White House, featuring more than a hundred multicolored lights. By the next Christmas, members of high society were hosting flambustious Christmas tree parties. Of course, in those early days, the services of a wireman had to be obtained, as many people had considered electricity as a bit of a bugaboo. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard
6: vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: Runners are frequently plagued with injuries, aches, and pains. Much of these injuries can be traced to how they are landing on their feet when they run. When a runner lands on their heels it sends forces up to three times their weight through their body. In the journal Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, it was recently reported that runners who land on the ball of their foot are 40% less likely to have repetitive stress injuries than those who touch down heel first. When a runner lands on their forefoot, the impact is barely measurable. Shape Magazine says to land on the outer ball of your foot behind the second to last and pinky toes. After the front of the foot hits, let your heel naturally touch down, then push off with your toes again to begin the next step. I'm Annette Hammond. If you're a fan of Fitness Minute, like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond.
1: and Lisa Dietrichs, and we're discussing the events of the day as it relates to beliefs. Now, uh, Deborah Riley, before we went to break, you wanted to add something about mistakes.
3: Yeah, Linda Franklin had made a brilliant point about how making, when we make mistakes, that's a wonderful opportunity for us to learn from any mistakes we may have made and move forward. But what I'd like to say about that is that, unfortunately, that's an opportunity to Make a choice as to whether or not you will learn from those mistakes, possibly make adjustments to your life. And not everybody makes that choice. And and too often people will make a mistake and then really not reflect much. My brother, for example, uh, again, the comment of narcissism had come up earlier and my brother was definitely a narcissist. He was very selfish and he was a skilled manipulator and he mm. did a lot of damage in this world, a lot of damage until he unfortunately died, uh, drunk in, in, in despair. And He never made that choice to learn. He never made that choice to make any adjustments to his life to improve. And I think too many people out there are afraid to make those choices to make their lives better. I would like to know if we had a way to encourage people to embrace their mistakes as opportunities to learn and to grow. Linda Franklin, New York City.
2: I don't think a lot of the people out here on our planet are afraid to embrace the truth. I don't think that they're able to. You know, we're all here, and we're all on different parts of the path, and some people are are further along than others, and if we try to drag them along to where we are kicking and screaming, it never works. So I think sometimes you just have to leave them where they are, you know, maybe appreciate some of the good things about them, but let it go because you know we are all here trying to do the best we can do, um, and that's probably something that we a contract we made before we even got here. But it, you know, it, you know, life is tough, and um, some people get it, and some people are you know they're, they're nurtured they nurture themselves and they move along without any help and some people just get stuck and um i i realize it's not easy to be around the people that are stuck um but you know we just have to a lot of the times just let it go and realize they're never going to have the same beliefs as we do and um and 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 that's that
8: lisa dietrich bend oregon
2: Good points
8: there. I um, I try to go through life with an open mind. I, I will definitely come alongside people that seem to be struggling um, in their lives. And Linda, you're right. I mean, we, we kind of need to be wise in how we um, how much time and energy we um, give to these people. But I have a great example. Um, I was at a Bible study a couple of weeks ago. And, and Sandra, you know how you kind of have an... Uh, opinion of what I know and I went in there with you know kind of I know what I know and um, another lady was leading it and we get into this passage that I had a very different perspective on what the passage meant and she just said you know keep an open mind listen to me and I did and by the end of the time I said you know what thank you you've you've opened up my eyes and and shown me something I didn't see before and Um, And it definitely changed my perspective on how that, what all the meaning of that was. And, and it was, you know, it had to do with um, our value as people. And um, so we do need to keep an open mind and be willing to accept the fact that maybe we don't know it all. Maybe we do make mistakes and take responsibility for those mistakes, because that's one thing. I see a lot of narcissistic kids being raised up who can do no wrong. They're being told by their parents they can do no wrong, that it's, you know, anything that goes wrong, it's somebody else's fault, all kinds of finger pointing. And that does not open the door towards self-reflection and learning from our mistakes and moving forward and becoming better people because of uh, the possibly negative or seemingly bad things that happen in our lives.
1: We're going to go um, to Kimberly, Rinaldi, Los Angeles.
4: I'm going to step in and say, number one, I agree with a a lot of what you're saying, Lisa. My my perspective is, and I have to take the stand, is narcissism is a clinical diagnosis. And I think it gets bantered around a lot more than it needs to. I truly believe each and every one of us comes into this world whole and complete. I believe we are eternal. I believe we have everything we need within us and we brought it. I also understand that a perspective of non-judgment is a huge and difficult place to get to. Mm -hmm. I truly try and stand by the understanding that number one, every experience is neutral until you place a value on it. Because while you're experiencing it, you're not having an emotional anchor, attachment, behavioral concept around it. You put an anchor on it, you carry it forward. It's now an emotion, okay? That's number one. Number two, we have 360 degrees around a single point in time and space in a two-dimensional representation. We live in a three-dimensional representation. Then you add experience, time, and perspective to it. The possibilities are infinite. I really do try and stand from a place of non-judgment and really understand that most people are not doing what they're doing to me. They're doing what they're doing for themselves. I may be collateral damage. And sometimes, yes, I have Mm -hmm. to let people go with love and take a step back and understand that's their path. But I think that's the healthiest place any of us can come from because we no longer make it their responsibility for how we feel.
3: Nicely said, Kimberly. Um, well, just because Sandra had said, go right after Kimberly. Um, I, I think that that does make a lot of sense. I mean, we can't be responsible for other people. Uh, coming back to the whole concept that this whole show is on beliefs, um, my faith and my beliefs always come down to the fact that we need to live our lives uh, as l- in any way we want, however we will, and respect that other people will as well, so long as we don't hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And kind of like what Kimberly was saying is sometimes you as become the collateral damage of someone else. And, and we have to be strong in who we are to decide what we're going to do about that. And again, the choice we make is do no harm. Don't hurt anyone in any reaction or anything. Stick firm to our beliefs. And, and, in, and in the end, don't hurt anyone and do our best to make the world a better place each and every day. Lisa Dietrich, Bend, Oregon. Well,
8: that's a very good way to live because we don't want to harm anybody else. And, um, and yet we, and we all make mistakes. I guess that's what I was saying is that we can learn from our own mistakes if we're brave enough to take responsibility for them. And we can learn from the the hurts that other people lay on us, the things that we may, when we're experiencing it, we may or may not leave, uh, come with any personal um, feelings towards it. And I wasn't meaning to be judgmental. All I meant was that um, when we look at, you know, the world around us and all the horrible things going on, I don't think that there's anyone out there that's not going to say, you know, There are some things going on in this world that are not so good. And, you know, how can we change that? How can we make it a better world? And a lot of it has to do with some of the beliefs that go around. And it has a lot to do with people doing whatever they want to do. Unfortunately, a lot of times they don't consider how it's going to affect other people. So, Deborah, you're absolutely right. We need to think about how what affects our beliefs and our actions are going to have on other people.
1: Linda Crater, Washington, D.C.
5: I love that. I I love the do no harm. I love Kimberly's the 360 degrees in a 2D perspective and the non-judgment. I think it's all really important. I sort of look at it very simplistically because I'm a very visual person. And I look at it as a boat that's going in the water that has a wake behind it. And we are all responsible for our own wake and I personally don't like it when someone's wake leaves me floating in the debris behind the boat. I don't want to be run over by the boat. But I, I think we have to be mindful that we are responsible for our own wake. And we're the only person we can change, self. So if we have delusions that we can change other people, we might be able to persuade other people, but I don't think that we can change other people. It's the only thing we can truly change is ourselves or our reactions to other people's comments, actions, etc. And and if we are being harmed, it's up to us to make the choice to move away from that toxicity.
3: Deborah Riley, Simi Valley,
5: California.
3: I I actually was just uh, remembering when you said that you can't change anyone. I had seen Aram Gandhi, and it was Mahatma Gandhi's grandson. I had seen Mm -hmm. Aram Gandhi speak at uh, Cal State Northridge University. And and one lady had come up and she said, oh, my child, blah, blah, blah. How can I change her? And Aram just looked at her and said, you cannot change anyone ever. (laughs) All you can do is hope to influence them by you behaving properly. And that Mm. has resonated with me forever. And that was like 25 years ago. Mm -hmm. It was incredible.
1: You know, it's important that we talk about these things because especially as women, when feelings get involved, um, we talk about like this no harm and not hurting people. But we do hurt people sometimes when we just be ourselves. You know, it's hard. It's a fine line for me to walk around this planet going, well, if I tell you the truth, it's going to hurt your feelings. And I'm pretty much a pretty blunt girl. And, you know, I just think that we need to put the word intention in here. Because Mm -hmm. as strong, powerful women, I do think we tend to run over people on occasion. We do run our boats over people. We don't (laughs) mean to, but... The big thing is the intent. We shouldn't intentionally hurt someone. Shouldn't use our power to intentionally hurt someone. We are going to hurt people's feelings. Quite frankly, we cannot be responsible for everybody's feelings around us. We can be mindful of them and we can be intentional of not hurting people. But as somebody who's made like a three-star general cry, um... You know, we do need to recognize that we are not in control of everybody else's feelings, and we can't always predict what's going to cause one person to be upset and another person not to be. So um, I'm going to take us to commercial break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about these belief systems, more about personal responsibility. If you like today's episode, you can find more of them at Dynamic Women Talk Radio. You can also go to iTunes. And I want to thank Linda Franklin, Linda Creeter. Or sorry, Linda Crater. I did it. I almost went a whole show without pronouncing your name wrong. Hurts your feelings. Um, Deborah Riley, Kimberly Rinaldi, and Lisa Dietrich, we're going to be back again after the break.
5: We're Dynamic Women Talk Radio, and we'll return after these short messages.
7: you can burn as many calories in 45 minutes of yard work as in 30 minutes of aerobics yard work is a total body workout consisting of pushing pulling lifting and carrying using a push mower alone can burn 300 to 500 calories in an hour raking and bagging with a pooking fork that's a fork often used in gardening burns about 330 calories per hour Cleaning and digging with the dibble, that little hand spade, can burn approximately 400 calories an hour. Stay fit by horb-gorbling. That's just puttering around the yard. To me, a perfect summer day is when the sun is shining, the birds are singing, and the lawnmower is broken. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words.
2: It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond.
6: As you are preparing for Thanksgiving and Christmas dinners, be mindful of what you need to do in order to not pack on the pounds. Fitness Magazine offers fit fixes to blast the excess weight before it hits your hips. If you eat one cup of mashed potatoes, you have consumed 237 calories. And one cup of eggnog has 224 calories. They suggest that you rake leaves for 53 minutes to dissolve the calories from one of those. A slice of pecan pie has 503 calories. And the fix they offer is to play football with your family for one hour. My advice is to work out before the holiday meal. Make good choices while eating and then take a long walk with your family afterwards. Enjoy the celebration and the time with your loved ones. Then get back to your healthy eating and daily workout when the holiday is done. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond.
1: Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Linda Crater and we're going to talk about apologies because apologies are part of beliefs when beliefs are interfere with our relationships and we either intentionally or unintentionally hurt someone's feelings. And there's like kind of two schools of thought with apologies with women and I'm I'm open to, to more discussion on this, but there's the woman who every time you see her has to apologize. And this one friend who apologizes at some point in our interactions for what happened nine years ago, and she can't really forgive herself, and I've long forgotten it, but she's carrying it with her. Or there's another person that I know that has to do the quantifiable but Uh, conversation, you know, the I'm sorry, you feel that way, but, and um, so I want to throw this out on the table, and I'm going to go to Linda Franklin in New York City first.
2: Well, you know, I believe that women are so hard on ourselves, you know, it's just not a good thing. Um, We could do 52... terrific things in a day and we'll go to bed at night and what do we focus on the one thing that we don't think we did good and you know that is really destructive thinking uh, why, why can't we learn to appreciate ourselves more than we do? You know, life is tough, and we're doing the best we can, and, and we're, we're moving forward, hopefully. But let's give ourselves a little boost. We don't need um, other people to come and give us a pat on the back and, and tell us how great we are, because a lot of times it doesn't even penetrate because we're so busy beating ourselves up. And um, I think if we could shift that and, and start to really be kinder, I love that word kind these days, to ourselves, then I think life could be a lot sweeter.
1: Let's go to Lisa
8: Dietrich. Well, what we were talking about off the air was how we can go and repair when we do harm because we're none of us are perfect and we do at times say things and we offend people and some things just can't be fixed you know there's that analogy of taking a plate and breaking it on the floor and i say i'm sorry but now put the pieces back together and yet at the same time we you know in taking responsibility for our actions there are times we do need to ask others for forgiveness ask god for forgiveness and forgive ourselves i think that's linda what you're alluding to is that we Tend to Maybe we can make the reparations with other people and yet not forgive ourselves and move forward.
5: Linda Crater, Washington, D.C. Um, I'm going to go back to where I think you said something about you don't intend to hurt people. And and I think most good, decent people don't intend to hurt people. And when we do, it is it is just a, an accident. It's a slip of the tongue. Maybe it was how we felt at the moment, but it was not well thought through, and I think that comes from ourselves, um, the self-talk. Uh, Linda Franklin was talking about we're hard on ourselves as women, and I do agree. I think that women all too often fall into that negative self-talk, so when someone says something about us that strikes a nerve that we may feel inside That's the point, I think, we start to ruminate over something someone said to us, because maybe there was a little bit of truth in there that we've worried about before, or someone's told you that so many times that there's a pattern in your life that you think, well, maybe they are right. So I I think that sincere apologies are very important. The ones I don't like are, well, I didn't intend to hurt you, sorry, because that doesn't feel very sincere. And the old, I'm sorry, but really isn't an apology at all. It's tricky? It
3: is tricky. Deborah Riley, Steamy Valley, California. I like the concept of the the negative self-talk. I think that it does happen all too often. And even if I'm not doing it, maybe the person that I'm talking to or visiting with may be doing it themselves. That's where I think uh, communication is key. I know that one of the other shows with dynamic women is about communication. And I think, when we can all communicate effectively, you're not going to get the shallow, I'm sorry. You're going to get more of the, what have I done? How can I re- avoid doing it again? How can I make reparations? Or the other side, I'm, I'm not feeling really comfortable right now because X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then maybe you can have that dialogue to solve whatever problem or misunderstanding it is. And you may end up not even needing sorry's.
1: And I want to go to Lisa Dietrich in in Oregon, because this happened to me recently. What do you do when someone tells you that, like, you've offended them? You know, it's so hard for me, because I don't really ever try to offend someone. What do we do with that, Lisa?
8: Well, I had this happen to me recently. And, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about millennials and how they, they just seem to be so easily offended. And I work at a college campus, so I'm around this all day long. And I definitely have to be way more careful about how I, the words I use, how I use them, the tone of voice that I use. But I've had people come and tell me, and I really appreciated that, actually. I appreciate that open honesty that this person would come to me and say, what you said to me and the way you said it offended me. And we had a 20-minute talk about it, and I did very much apologize and you know, let her know that, you know, I appreciated her coming to me and telling me that she was offended and exactly what I had done to offend her so that I could make those necessarily adjustments in my speech, in my way of talking to people so it didn't happen again. And that take, again, it was me taking responsibility for my words and my actions along with the Uh, courage of someone else to come and tell me because all too often yeah we as women may be hard on ourselves but we're very difficult it's difficult for us to go to another woman and say you said this and I didn't take it very well that takes a lot of courage Linda
1: Franklin New York
8: City
2: yes it does take a lot of courage and but I think it's something that we have to do because if you walk around with that hurt in you or, 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 you know, as a person that was offended and don't let it out, the other person doesn't know. Um, Nobody can read your mind and you may, Mm -hmm. someone might be sticking a knife in your heart and you're, you know, you're giving them a little smile. I mean, we we have to be honest with ourselves. And if somebody says something that's really, really hurtful, you've got to just, you know, you don't... Just tell them in a, you know, kind of in a gentle way, you know, what you said really doesn't reflect who I am, and it really hurts me that you you feel that way, and and then have have the conversation. But again, if if you don't let someone know, then they're they're not gonna they're not gonna respond the way you want them to because they're not mind readers.
8: And but- yet, so many women will tell everybody else except the person that hurt them. Very
1: true. They will go around and tell the circle of friends the awful thing that someone said, because this has happened to me. It's like, oh my God, did you hear what she said? And she'll tell everybody in my sphere of influence, but not me. So I'm going to go with Kimberly Rinaldi for that one. And Kimberly, I also want your take, and this is going to make me unpopular, but there are people in the world that just say stupid things to you, and they're offended because you took a breath, or they're offended because I believe in God. They're offended because... I like the color blue. It's, it's some people are just that personality. I'm going to go to Kimberly Rinaldi.
4: How do you deal with stupid? Oh, I've never met anyone like that. No, <laughs> um, <laughs> excuse me. No, in all reality. And, and honestly, I am going to honor the individual and, not for, because you're never going to sway me. If if you're offended because blue is my favorite color, then I'm, I'm going to sit, I'm going to hear you out, and then I'm going to honor the fact that, you know what, I know that was a difficult conversation for you to bring to me, and truly it was not my intent to wear blue to offend you, because it really wasn't, but I'm not going to stop wearing blue, and I'm not going to stop wearing blue, and my recommendation is knowing that this is not going to change in me because this is who I have to be, I'm going to recommend that you find another way, another outlet, another direction that's outside of my sphere of influence. Now, speaking of sphere of influence, I was getting married 23 years ago or so, and my mother-in-law, who was not fond of me, told every person that would listen, I was Satan. That's the short-for-hand version of it. And she made my dressmaker cry. She made everybody cry because they were like, How do you marry into this family with this woman being so hateful? And I just, I waited until after the wedding and I went and sat my mother in law down and I looked at her and said, I appreciate how you felt. And I appreciate that you were that upset that you went to every person that you thought could make a difference. The problem was you didn't come to the one person who actually could. And from this moment forward, I will not listen to third-party conversation around this. If you have a problem with me, you will bring it directly to me. Or I'm going to pretend I'm not aware of it. And that's how we will live our lives. Bless her heart, she is 96 years old. She loves me more than anyone else at this point because no one had ever called her on that inappropriate communication. Everyone up to that point in her life had tolerated it. Mm.
3: Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California. Wow, I can't believe that, Kim. That was terrible. And and bless your heart for being so positive cuz I would have looked at her and said, "How dare you?" And you know, sometimes know. I'm not I'm not afraid to be angry about it. And and if if like like the whole blue analogy There are stupid people out there. There are stupid people, and I'm not even going to try to change who I am to appease them. If they're offended, I'm so terribly sorry, but let's find a way to work around it, you know? Linda,
8: or I'm sorry, let's go to um, Lisa Dietrich in Bend, Oregon. Well, I love what you ladies have said, and and just listening to all of the perspectives, I, I think the key here to... Good communication and really um, living a life that doesn't harm others, that brings fulfillment and joy into our lives. I, I think maybe we can see that courage is a big factor there. Courage to speak our minds, to be who we are, and courage to go to other people who offend us. Courage to ask for forgiveness when it's needed. Courage to change the way we think and the way we feel and our beliefs at times when we are shown that there are other um, maybe better opposing views.
5: I love how you said that. I'm going to give you a quote from my beloved mother and she always used to say it's not only what you say it's how you say it and I think that that makes such a big difference in how people perceive your message how they receive it and how they accept or decline to accept it but how you say things matters
1: I'd like to thank our guests today, Linda Crater in Washington, D.C., Linda Franklin, New York City, Deborah Riley, Simi Valley, California, Kimberly Rinaldi, Los Angeles, California, and Lisa Dietrich coming to us from Bend, Oregon. There you have it. Wise women have spoken. I've taken my notes. I'm ready to apply these things in my day.